0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show, the show that is so bad it won't even be used as elevator music in a Siberian prison. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, reminding you that you must be 18 years of age or over in order to listen to and hopefully enjoy this show. Yeah, 18 years of age and over only. On uh, tonight's show, hey, we're going to talk about ashtrays And a little bit about pipe rest, so ashtrays and pipe rest, my guest tonight is pipe maker Clark Layton, music, uh, got an interesting musician, but it kind of ties into the month of November a little bit, so interesting musician for music for tonight, and yes, he was a pipe smoker, mailbag and rant, and uh, rant wise, I'm unloading on NASCAR a little bit. Uh, Listen, so it's November, so that means that uh, baseball season has finally ended and spring training is six weeks away. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But congratulations to the Kansas City Royals on winning this year's World Series. Um, Now that it's uh, wintertime in the Northern Hemisphere here, have you all changed over your tobacco choices yet? Uh, Have you switched over to your wintertime blends? Do you switch over to Wintertime Blends? Well, there you go. And uh, don't forget, coming up this weekend, the West Coast Pipe Show. Yeah, I'm leaving for Vegas on uh, Thursday. And we'll be at the West Coast Pipe Show at the Palace Station Hotel and Casino all this weekend. Please come by my booth and say hi. I got a free gift for everybody. So stop by the booth, say, or stop by the table and say hi to me. I'll have some little goodie for everybody to go home with. Uh, looking forward to getting back to Vegas And getting over to in and out Burger a couple of times yeah, One of my favorites Alright, enough of that, let's get the show going Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl Thank you all for tuning in Thank you to the McBaron Tobacco Company And here we go
1: Everyone at SmokingPipes.com holds customers as a high priority, but nobody interacts with them more personally than Josh. He's our professor of pipes, if you will. As a previous professor of history, educating the customer comes easily to him. He loves explaining the history of a particular pipe to a customer or coaching his customer service team. I love to help customers find that perfect piece for their collection. It's my job to make sure there's a smile on the other end of the line. And I'm more than happy to be the one to put it there. And although Josh's job can sometimes be quite demanding, he doesn't mind. He loves his job at SmokingPipes.com. Why?
2: Because I don't just sell pipes. I smoke them.
1: Call us at 1-888-366-0345. That's 1-888-366-0345. Or check us out online at SmokingPipes.com. We are quality. We are experts. We are smokingpipes.com
0: Welcome back. In uh, just a few minutes, Clark Layton will be on the phone with me, but let's talk about ashtrays and pipe rests. Uh, I don't think we've specifically gone into this, but I've posted uh, along on the, the radio show page I've posted some pictures of the pipe rests and the ashtrays that I have. And uh, the first, the first picture is right by my reclining chair, right in front of the TV, and that's where I kind of hunker down for, uh, for a long smoke and sitting and watching the TV. Um, you'll see I've got a little wood platform, and for the life of me, if I could remember the gentleman who makes them, I bought it at a at a Richmond pipe show about five six years ago. And it's simply a wood platform that has a couple of notches cut out. And they, in this one, they happen to look like Mickey Mouse, but it simply rests the pipe in there. It also creates a good little platform for me to hold a lighter on without clinking it on the table. And the other thing that I have on there is a little, uh, a little jar that holds my tamper. Uh, here's what the pipe rest does. A pipe rest is necessary because it stabilizes the pipe when you're not using it. It stabilizes it, it keeps it in an upright position, and the reason you want it in that upright kind of a position is you don't want the moisture running down the stem. You always want to keep the stem a little elevated above the bowl so that the moisture goes down towards the tobacco and doesn't start gurgling up in the stem. So that's what the the pipe rest just stabilizes it when it's sitting there, and it should help elevate the stem so that the moisture runs down. The ashtray that I have, I have a couple. And the one that I keep out by the chair is the round glass ashtray with the, uh, with the pipe rest on it. Now, I don't really use that ashtray for anything but holding some pipes that I'm letting cool down before I empty them and clean them. Or holding some pipe cleaners that are wet that I don't want them getting on that wood. Or just resting, you know, just basically a place to rest the pipes safely until I'm ready to go take them over to the trash can and let the cold ash dump out. That's all I use that ashtray for. If I were going to use it to ash in, the first thing I would do is get a cork knocker. The cork knockers or the little pieces of cork that just sticker on to the glass ashtray and you use that to tamp out to tap out your pipe on. That's the only way I would ever knock a pipe out is if I had a cork knocker in there. Now if I'm in the middle of a bowl and I want to dump a little bit of ash, I don't do it in either of those. Uh, in that ashtray I don't do it on the little wood stand. Uh, What I do use, and I've got a picture of it right by my desk, here in my office, is a very expensive, very um, uh, extremely unique, highly rare, beautiful, uh, Chinese-made, $1 Walmart plastic ashtray. That's what I use to dump my ashes in. That's what I use to knock out hot ashes into. I have those. I have larger ones out on the front porch in the garage but I have those all over the place. I use those cheap black plastic ones. Why? Because I don't care if they get burned up. I don't have to worry about wiping them out. They're nothing fancy. They're not uh, they're not glass. They just hold hot hot burning ashes in them and they do a fine job. Plus, because they're plastic, if I do need to knock out a little bit, especially on my sandblasted or rusticated pipes, it doesn't hurt it if I tap the edge of the plastic with it. Uh, Those are, you know, just a dollar to two dollars. You can find them all over the place. They come in different sizes, different colors. But one of the things I like about them is that big, that large notch in the middle, which is really made for a cigar. In a pinch, that's a great place to rest a pipe, as long as you keep it clean. Uh, remember, when you're setting a hot pipe down, you really don't want it coming into contact with any ash or any uh, any tobacco because that can heat up and kind of discolor the finish a little bit. Uh, you don't want it to come in contact with any burning tobacco on the outside, obviously. Otherwise, you'll get a bit of a uh, a burn spot there. Uh, the other little ashtray that I have that goes along with the little uh, with the little jar holder that I have in the uh, in front of the TV. Those are places where I put my tampers in. I put the tampers in those ashtrays and tamp out the excess ash off the tamper into those ashtrays. I don't use them for hot ashes. I just use them simply to as a place to rest my tamper. That way the ash doesn't go all over the place. That way I'm not having to constantly wipe the ash off on my shirt or on my pants or whatever you, whatever you might see. So I use my big open foot tampers and just plop them in that ashtray, just like you see in the pictures. Alright, there's the uh, ashtray and pipe rest story. If you don't have any of those and you're traveling like I do, I have a handful of sitter pipes that just sit straight up, and you've seen them in pictures before, so we don't need to talk about them. Uh, If you have any uh, personal suggestions, feel free to let me know about them, post them in the forums, I'll check them out. Alright, in just a minute, Clark Layton will be on the
3: phone. This is Internet Radio.
4: Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products, from the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Baron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of modern virginia from mac barron tobacco company available at fine tobacconists everywhere
5: hi my name is Eileen sachi for marketingpipes.com if you attend the major pipe shows or buy pipes on ebay chances are you know my dad hank sachi or ebuyer 1932 My dad has been a pipe collector for over three decades and a reseller on eBay for the last 12 years. His new website is marketingpipes.com. At marketingpipes.com, you will find high-quality, hand-picked pipes. Carvers, join my dad's vast network of collectors across the globe and let my dad promote your brand. Collectors, consign your pipes at affordable commissions or buy your next collectible pipe at marketingpipes.com. Thank you.
0: Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and joining me, one of the young, newer pipe makers, Uh, Clark. We'll get into how long you've been on the scene, but please welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show pipe maker Clark Layton. Hello. All right, so let's tell everybody where did you uh, grow up and what did you originally want to be when you were growing up.
6: Um, I grew up mostly in Central Pennsylvania. Um, town called State College, and I never knew what I wanted to do when I grew up. Um, <laughs> I knew I enjoyed uh working with my hands. Um, my uh, favorite class in high school was uh switch up so
0: when did uh when did you start with pipes did it, did you start smoking them first and then decide to make them?
6: Um, Yeah, I guess since about high school, I always had a couple pipes um, for when I went camping or whatever, Uh, but I didn't collect pipes and I wasn't really into pipes until um, uh, 2012. I was uh, headed out to Colorado for my older brother's wedding and while we are out there, my younger brother um, saw some pipes that older brother had made and he decided he wanted to make some (laughs) and so I decided I would uh, try it with him and uh, we actually ordered some uh, factory stems from uh the PMO website, actually, while we were still in Colorado. When we got back, uh, we started making pipes.
0: <laughs> what was, uh, what were the first pipes like?
6: Uh, the first pipe I made was really rough. And actually, I couldn't wait to get the stems in the mail, so I took the stem out of um one of my pipes, <laughs> and <laughs> basically I just tried to copy one of my pipes, uh, just a cheap factory uh, pipe. But yeah, the condition was uh, really rough, and it did smoke, but not very well.
0: What... I mean, so you so you did one rough pipe. What was it? What do you think it was about pipe making at that point that kept you going on to to try to figure it out further?
6: Um. Well, I, since I enjoy work with my hands and making things, that was part of it. Um. Also, I kind of like that. The wasn't really much instruction or pipe making, uh, tools. Like I couldn't just go to Lowe's and buy, uh, uh, pipe making tools. <laughs> kind of had to figure it out and read online. Um, uh, yeah, I like that.
0: <laughs> so there's uh so the, the at home Depot, there's no aisle of, uh, pipe making supplies, uh, what no, you... not,
2: not
6: that I've found.
0: Yeah. So, what did you do to start building up your uh, building up your skills?
6: Um, well, the uh, the first pipes I made out of just uh, wood from like a a tree that I cut down, <laughs> and to get better, I read online on the pipe makers forum and everywhere i guess that i could find
0: was was there a particular process in pipe making that was hard for you to get a hold of or was there a step that was uh, that was stumbling for you or was it just a little bit of everything
6: um i guess the two main things that i had difficulty with were the the stems, the uh, not the internals of the stem, but the, the design, I guess, of the stems, um, and also the design of the whole pipe.
0: So you mean just the the design of the whole pipe was it about getting the right uh, the right balance and the right symmetry to it? Yeah,
6: yeah. I was, I guess I got the drilling and um, the pipes smoked well, but I really, um, the design uh, doesn't come naturally to me.
0: So at, at that point, were you drilling first and then shaping?
6: Uh, no, yeah.
0: yeah. And do you prefer to? Do that, or do you prefer to shape the pipe first and then go after the bowl?
6: Um, I prefer to shape it first. Sort Actually, of um, when I make a pipe that's not for anybody, I usually just grab a block and and uh, start shaping it.
0: And I, I guess from reading your website, your uh, your shape first method is just a little bit different. Can you just? Give us an idea of how it's a little different.
6: I think it's pretty similar to other uh, pipe makers. But I I just uh, grab a block and sort of look at it about uh, decide uh, what general shape I'm gonna make. And then I just start shaping it
0: and by by doing that i guess you can uh alter the shape if you if you need to if issues pop up
6: uh yeah yeah
0: well, let's go back to when you uh when you first started pipe smoking did you have any uh did you go through the standard i bought a, an inexpensive pipe and then tried a whole bunch of tobaccos
6: um yeah in the in the beginning before i uh, Tried to make a pipe. I would just, I got a pipe from the pharmacy here and just some raspberry or some whatever tobacco they had. And it was really uh, poor quality tobacco. But I enjoyed puffing on the pipe.
0: Had you smoked anything prior to a pipe?
6: Um, I've tried various things. I never got into cigarettes really, Uh, some of my friends did. And maybe a cigar here and there, but it really wasn't a, it definitely wasn't a weekly ritual. Uh, before I started making pipes,
0: and now is it a uh, is it a weekly ritual?
6: Yeah, uh, <laughs> daily. Uh, that's uh, another thing I like about uh, making pipes. I can smoke here in the shop while I'm working.
0: And now you are uh, you are full time making pipes. What were you doing before making pipes?
6: Um, before making pipes uh after high school, I mostly worked for a, a home builder in in town
0: so again you're working with your hands uh the whole time yeah pretty much so do you when when you're when you're looking at a pipe you let the do you mostly let the block of wood do it what it wants to do or do you have a shape that you think that's going to be in there and you go after that shape?
6: Yeah, if I'm just making a pipe um, and there's the requirements on it, I may well, make a certain shape based on the grain. Um, but other than that, I just kind of, Uh, keep shaping it until
0: it looks alright and it looks like you have a, a, a bit of an appreciation for the classic shapes is there a classic shape in particular that you really like
6: um I guess I guess I like the uh uh billiard I guess Um, I made a thin shanked billiard recently, um, that I liked.
0: How thin of a shank are we talking about?
6: Um, it was a little bit bigger than three
0: eighths. So so less than half an inch of wood to work with, huh? Yeah. Wow. We're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk more pipe making and pipe smoking with Clark. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute.
1: I wish I had a genie who could make it easy to order pipes and tobaccos online. You don't need a genie, sir. Visit fournoggins.com. They stock all your favorite pipes and tobaccos, and every order gets fast personal attention. Orders are packed carefully and shipped quickly by priority mail. Fournoggins.com Fournoggins.com I can still see you, you know. A bit rusty, sir. Fournoggins.com I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenet's Cake, Joie de Vive, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deals Cellar Series, the secret ingredient, is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, hanging out with Clark. All right, so I'm skimming through your website, and there's a pipe in particular, and I might mispronounce this, so help me. It's called the Serpentade. Yeah. And it it looks like a big, bent, reverse, kind of a chin rest, where the, for, for those of you that are listening... the bend looks like it comes back a little bit underneath the button and then into the pipe and it's a long stem. You're going to have to describe how you did this for us.
6: Um, Originally I made this shape and the shank was two pieces. So it had a a tenon on the stem um, into a mortise and then halfway down the shank it had a uh, 10-minute mortise. Huh. Um, that's how I was able to drill it. And then recently, probably the one you're seeing on the site, is uh, this shank is one piece. And the way I was able to drill it is I drilled a second air hole um, through the back of the shank and then put a plug there. Okay.
0: And it still completely passes a pipe cleaner?
6: Yeah, it passes a pipe cleaner. And it also, the plug is removable, and uh, so if you need, in the future, um, the second airway can also be reamed out.
0: <coughs> Holy mackerel. So you got two draft holes to meet somewhere in the middle of the shank and 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 then went yeah, back okay. in and plugged it with a piece of, was the plug from the same block of briar?
6: Um, no, the plug is uh, a small metal threaded um, okay. plug.
0: I'm gonna, okay, now I can see it as I've advanced the picture, so it lines up both of those draft holes and makes it perfectly functional, and then if you need to, you can pull it out.
6: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so that that had to be a little bit of an engineering deal to figure it out. Did you uh, did you get it right the first time?
6: Um, I think the first one I made with the with the one piece shank. Um I think I did get it right, but it was not uh good enough to sell, so that one I actually smoked and I have that one here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up making yourself a pipe. Yeah. Yeah. Have you uh, besides going to Columbus and working with uh with Premel Chetta, have you worked with any other pipe makers?
6: Um, no, I haven't worked with any other pipe makers, um, that wouldn't be in Columbus. Um, but yeah, mostly just, uh, I've worked with.
0: And when, the first time you went to work with him, was there, what was the biggest thing you took away from, from working with him?
6: Um, I guess, uh biggest would be how to work on the, the slot in the end of the stem, and uh, I learned a much better procedure for uh, making that and
0: finishing it. So now do your, do your slots fan out a little more evenly, or is it, uh, is, is it a more open draw?
6: Yeah, they're uh, they're thinner than they were were, uh, before I worked with him. Um, And a lot more precise.
0: (laughs) Is that a little scary, trying to thin that down and thin the stem down, and then you're worried that you may bust through?
6: Uh, Yeah, in the beginning
0: it was. (laughs) Besides making pipes out of the uh you know finding the pipe inside the block do you also work off of commissions
6: uh yes i've actually mostly worked on commissions um although recently i think i can make more pipes if i make um more pipes that are not commissions um so recently, I've been trying to do um, more uh, pipes like that um, while I'm doing uh, the commissions.
0: How many pipes do you think you'll make? Uh, you'll make total this year.
6: I think around a hundred. I had estimated um, that I'd make 120, but um I'm behind on that
2: this
0: year. Now, are you behind because of the commissions, or are you behind because you're trying to make each pipe as perfect as possible?
6: Uh, Both. (laughs) Um, I've improved things, and that number was also based on uh, 2014, so I did a lot more commissions this year, um, and also added some steps to improve the pipes. Um, so, yeah, both. Yeah.
0: What part of the process in pipe making is your favorite?
6: I have two equal favorites, uh, shaping and sandblasting. <laughs>
0: what, what is it about sandblasting?
6: Um... I like to see how the grain, uh, I guess, comes out of the wood uh, when blasting.
0: And I would, I would assume it's the same thing with shaping. You start seeing the pipe come out of the block, and there it is.
6: Yeah, yeah.
0: And And for the opposite, what is your least favorite part of the process?
6: Um, My least favorite is finishing off the stems. Um, The final filing and uh, sanding, finishing. So I I right now have uh, several pipes hanging up here that I've blasted and they just need the stem to be finished and so they're kind of sitting here.
0: (laughs) Sitting there waiting for the (laughs) tedious work of Getting the stem shaped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, price wise, where do your pipes start out?
6: Uh, they start at two. Uh, I think two fifty retail price.
0: And these are for all handmade. You, where's your briar from, and where's your uh, stem material from?
6: Uh, I get Briar from Greece, um, and I contact um, my cutter there directly, and he ships it to me. Or, actually, he's been to the Chicago Pipe Show, so the last two years, I think, he brought uh, bags of wood with him
0: and compared to your uh, compared to your handmade, you also have the sloth pipes and besides the fact that I love the fact yeah. that you're using a sloth what what's the difference besides price uh
6: the difference is the sloth pipes I make um faster than the other pipes and they also have a i use a preformed um a stem blank instead of a hand cut stem.
0: So you can just turn them out faster, but basically it's the same wood, the same engineering?
6: Yes, it's, a, it's the same wood, although it's, I use blocks that don't have um, really organized grade, so I use the maybe second grade. As far as grade.
0: And those start out, according to the website, about $175? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I gotta ask, how did you come to call them a How'd you name them after the sloth?
6: Uh, I, I named them after the sloth because I think the sloth is kind of lazy and slow moving. And uh, and so I think that's kind of how I am when I'm smoking a pipe.
0: <laughs> I I got a I absolutely love it. And the next time I see, I'm gonna look. I want I want to check them out. Uh, <laughs> okay. For those of us that are interested in uh, checking out your pipes, besides your website, uh, what pipe shows do you go to, and where else can we see your pipes?
6: I've been going to the Columbus show in May and, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Chicago show in May and the Columbus show in August. And you can also see my pipes at smokershaven.com. Thermal uh, Bear carries my pipes. And I also now have uh, pipes to sell at uh, Briar Lab.
0: So you're spread out a little bit. and In your free time, what do you like to do besides make pipes?
6: Um, if I have free time, I like to uh, hike with my dog. I take him out for a hike every day, every morning, uh, so he's kind of calm for the rest of the day. (laughs) Um... (laughs) That or fly fishing, I guess, although I haven't
0: uh, done that in a long time. Yeah. yeah, something about work gets in the way of all the fun sometimes, huh? Yeah. But I enjoy my work, so it's, I don't
6: have any complaints. Clark,
0: we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay. What is your favorite pipe?
6: Uh, My favorite pipe is a black blasted billiard uh, made by Kermel Chetta.
0: And what is your favorite tobacco?
6: Um, My favorite tobacco right now is uh margate made by esoterica margate
0: and, and you said right now what was it before that
6: um before that uh for a while it was frog morton um mostly dark uh smoky stuff
0: and what is your favorite drink? Uh, coffee. And when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music?
6: Um, movie.
0: And the last question, do you have any particularly favorite pipe-smoking-related memory?
6: Uh, yeah, the times that I've been to visit Trummel. Um would be my favorites. I didn't have anyone, um growing up who smoked
0: a pipe. Um in my life, but So just going and going and hanging out and uh hanging out with Primal and working there for a couple of days and then the pipe show.
6: Yeah,
0: yeah. The website for to see all the pipes is Layton L A Y T O N Pipes.com Do you have an Instagram and a Facebook page too?
6: Uh, Yes, I do. Uh, The Facebook is um, Clark Layton. I do most of the stuff under my name. Um, There's also a Layton Pipes Facebook page. And Instagram, I am at Layton Pipes.
0: Clark, thank you very much for taking time to join us, and uh, keep making great pipes, and I can't wait to see the sloth.
6: All right, thank you.
0: We'll be back in just a minute.
5: Signore, signore, scusi per favore, but what is that intoxicating and delicious aroma coming from your pipe?
6: Oh, uh, this is Molto Dolce, my all-time favorite blend from Sutliff Tobacco. Do you like it? I found it on SutliffMoltoDolce.com.
5: Do you mind if I try? Oh, Signore, this truly is Molto Dolce. So charming that you even speak my language, as it is truly very sweet. (laughs) Just like you, I am sure. I can just taste the warm caramel and sweet dripping honey gushing through my mouth. Oh, and even better, the rich vanilla flavor plays so well with the other tastes over my tongue. It is like they are all having a giant, playful pillow of fight on smooth and silky sheets of tobacco in my mouth. Pure heaven! Mi piace moltissimo, mio amore. Can't you see it, signore?
6: I can see it. I can see it.
5: And, signore, best of all, no tongue bite. Grazie un milione for the pipe, signore. <laughs>
6: Hey! Sightlift Tobacco Company will not be held responsible for any loss of one's favorite pipe customers may experience when smoking our delicious Balto Dolce blend in
3: public. This is Internet Radio.
2: Welcome
0: back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. I I love talking to some of these young guys because they just have a fresh new look at stuff. They come up with unique new ideas, and there there are some young guys out there making some great pipes. Alright, for music, uh, November is uh, the Type 1 Diabetes Month, and of course that hits home for me. Uh, There's a musician named Eric Dolphy Jr. who died at the age of 36, just after his 36th birthday back in, uh, died in 1964. Um, He was primarily a jazz alto saxophonist, played flute uh was one of the first real important bass clarinet soloists in jazz music his um uh he was more of an improvisational style jazz musician and kind of uh classified in the uh, in the free jazz style uh, dolphy died at age 36 in uh due to undiagnosed diabetes that he was suffering from and Uh, collapsed on stage and was mistreated or misdiagnosed and ended up slipping into a coma and passing away. Uh, But in his short 36 years, he worked with John Coltrane and Charles Mingus, just to name a few. Uh, Really, truly unique stylings, unique music, and this piece that I'm going to play of his is... uh, a, a hair on the long side but it's called something sweet something tender and it's got just a really interesting mix of of uh, freestyle jazz from the uh, late 50s early 60s so i hope you enjoy it mm-hmm. I will say I listened to about an hour and a half of his music before picking that piece, and it's just a hair longer than I would normally play, but uh, not all of it's my exact style, and I think it would be uh, much better to see in person instead of listening to it as a recording. But hey, he was a pipe smoker as well.
2: Monday, you've got mail. Got mail. You've got mail.
0: One thing to get caught up on in the mailbag I got an email a while back from Linwood Hines. Linwood sent me a link to uh, an article that was on uh, CBS on uh, CBS Sunday morning uh, back in uh, the end of August. And it's about a uh, vacuum cleaner collectors club that had met. <laughs> And I thought, you know, as, as Linwood said, you know, our, our wives and spouses and everybody ought to be happy that we collect pipes because they're small and they fit in cases, but there's an, apparently there's a national annual convention for vacuum cleaner collectors. And he sent me a link to a video. There's uh, if you Google search it for vacuum cleaner collectors, unite, you'll see this, uh, annual convention that gets together in Clarksville, Indiana, and they talk about all different sizes of vacuum cleaners, and guys have got like 40 or 50 different kinds that they collect and lined up miles and miles. And uh, one guy said, uh, I believe he said something about having to have a whole trailer load just to bring his vacuum cleaners. (laughs) If I took all my pipes, I could bring them all in one suitcase. (laughs) And so that's a little bit better than uh, pipe uh, than, uh, than vacuum cleaner collecting, but hey, uh, at least our, uh, yeah, I guess if your vacuum cleaner collection breaks, you can always get a new one. Uh, regular mailbag. Going back to last week's show, John Seiler writes, Hi Brian, ah, for the old days when one did not worry about smoking regulations when you traveled. Yeah, going back to the old days would be nice. Uh, what about college campuses where smoking is verboten? Uh, there is a list on that same website from last week that has all the college campuses where there's completely smoke-free campuses. You can't even smoke on them. Uh, my daughter's college, you can smoke with anywhere with, as long as you're 25 feet away from a building. Uh, John goes on to write, of course, I know new Keith Moore. The videos he made for Uptowns are excellent. He was one of the people for bringing in the high-grade pipes into the U.S., As a consequence, this resulted in spurring on the high-quality U.S. pipe makers to achieve the levels of quality that they have. The pipe world's loss is the education music cooking field's gain. Music, Keith Moore's song, Landscape Painted with Tea, was quite good. The pipe ashes related was quite unique. Rave, no restricted smoking at a public event, amazing. Awards for flu-cured tobacco, amazing again. I wonder if it's the same way at the Pennsylvania State Fair. I doubt it, good show. Uh at the South Carolina State Fair they also had a uh, found a scarecrow, a uh, stuffed scarecrow that had a had a pipe coming out of his face. Uh Newbroom said, "Brian this interview went well. I could listen to another very easily. Keith has a way of re- of relaxing conversation despite the pressures of time constraints." Raleigh Fingers, pronounced Raleigh, was one of the more recognizable of Catfish Hunter's teammates. Another was Reggie Jackson, relief pitcher who helped establish the position as a specialty and wore a signature handlebar mustache. Yeah, I remember him. I remember him back playing against the uh, Big Red Machine and then, of course, uh, you know, Dodgers and oh, the good old days of baseball uh casey ghost says the smoking nazis have just about wiped us out it is just a matter of time well there's your cheer up message for the week thank you dan uh then he goes on to write they might be given a run to see who kills us uh them are the people who want only smokers to pay taxes nice interview keith is so soft spoken it was hard to hear him at times He certainly has had an interesting career so far. The music lacked a Halloween theme. Yes, it did, and it lacked it on purpose. So there. Uh, Big ups to the, uh, he meant to write, South Carolina State Fair People. Uh, Bill 45 says, Hi, Brian. Another great show. I'm familiar with Keith. I heard his interview on the Oompa podcast a couple years ago. Raleigh Fingers is one of the greatest relief pitchers of all time with the Oakland A's and the Brewers. Sounds like you had a great birthday. Looking forward to next week's show. And here it is, and hopefully you're enjoying it. Uh, Pappy Mac wrote, Even though I'm not a baseball fan, I know who Raleigh Fingers was. He had a legendary handlebar mustache. And uh, Voorhees writes, I can also rave not very often that my local town had a craft beer festival, and before I lit my pipe, Asked a police officer was there a designated spot, he said no, Smoke where I liked. Awesome. I did give space to people around me as a courtesy. Yeah, you know, it's nice to uh, give those courtesy spaces when we can do that. I just find when I'm out uh, smoking, it's nice to find a spot where I can sit down and relax without having to worry about anybody grumbling or gruffing at me about smoking. Uh, so apparently, Raleigh Fingers was a hit, and uh, the next uh, smoking segment or smoke restriction segment that I'm working on will deal with uh, either Europe or the Caribbean. So we'll start thinking about uh, some spring vacations in the Caribbean or maybe a uh, summertime trip to Europe. So got that to look forward to. Uh, please, if you got any questions, comments, or suggestions. Post them on PipesMagazine.com, right there on the radio show page. Or you can email me, Brian, at PipesMagazine.com. I do read them all, and I appreciate them all. And if you have any friends that are pipe smokers, make sure and let them know about the Pipes Magazine radio show. You don't want to leave them out in the cold. Uh, start planning your schedule for next year for pipe shows. For Pipe Shows, check the Pipe Events page on Pipe's Magazine. I'm pretty sure Kevin will get it updated probably around December for next year's schedule. All right, in just a minute, rant time.
4: If you're looking for quality, if you're looking for a variety, and if you're looking for someone with a reputation for nothing but the best, you're looking for CupofJoes.com. Cupofjoes.com has hundreds of pipes to choose from and thousands of different pipe tobaccos. Cupofjoes.com is also your one-stop shop for Peterson Pipes, their exclusive line of Peterson Kelly pipes. Check out their remodeled website at cupofjoes.com and be sure to like them on Facebook, cupofjoes.com.
3: Quality products at extraordinary prices. Italians have always been known for their aesthetic passion. It's their birthright their legacy. And just like Savinelli, it continues to grow and evolve. It is ever-changing. Milan, 1876. Achilles Savinelli set out to change the way the world viewed smoking pipes, opening one of the world's first specialist tobacco shops. From one small storefront to a factory that delivered handmade pipes all over the world, the legacy he forged became one filled with success and prestige. Achilles' dream is carried on today by his family, who continues the Savinelli legacy. Each year, Savinelli debuts a series of new, forward-thinking designs, comprised of quality-crafted pipes shaped from some of the best briar in the world. Behind every beautiful object, there's a story. Start your own chapter. Visit your local tobacconist or premium online dealer today.
2: Boy. Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. NASCAR.
0: NASCAR NASCAR yeah a couple of years ago NASCAR announced boys have at it and that meant that they could bump and bang and then yeah you couldn't do it there was a few things that you couldn't do but bumping and banging and uh, they wanted to bring the edge back to the sport and then they started this chase format where the last 10 races are broken up and there's an elimination in there and it up the intensity Well, the intensity has gotten so high that uh, this past weekend, in retaliation for other stuff that went on before, Matt Kenseth in a wrecked car that uh, was a couple of laps down went back out onto the racetrack and took out Joey Logano and pounded him into the wall. Uh, Now, I'm not a Joey Logano fan, and I was happy to see it. Now, NASCAR and uh, several of the drivers are complaining that it's the Wild West out there and that NASCAR needs to do something about this. We'll see what kind of fines and sanctions they have in mind for Matt Kenseth for doing what he did, although so far from what I've heard, he said that he had a tire go down. Coincidentally, right when Joey Logano was passing him while Joey Logano was in the lead and Matt Kenseth was several laps down in a busted-up car... Uh, But here's my thoughts. You know what? Let the team owners take care of their drivers. If the team owners are unhappy with what Matt Kenseth did, if his team owner, Joe Gibbs, is unhappy with what Matt Kenseth did, let Joe Gibbs take care of it. If Joey Logano hadn't been such an idiot and an ignorant ass on a couple of other situations he would have never gotten into that point where Matt Kenseth wanted to literally plant him in the wall, which he did. So it's all up to the team owners to manage their drivers, let the drivers go out there and manage their intensity. You want competition, you want it fierce, you want it intense. Well, this is part of the aftermath of it, and yes, for me, as somebody who watches NASCAR, This makes it much more interesting and more fun than just watching cars turn left for a couple of hours at a time. So there you go. Oh, and by the way, you can't smoke in the stands at a NASCAR event anymore. So uh, it makes it easier to watch sitting at my reclining chair with my pipe rest right next to me and my tamper sitting there right next to me. And I can watch it on my big screen TV right there in front of me and smoke away the entire time. All right, I want to thank Clark Layton for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco ba- Company. Da, ba- and until next da, time.
2: Happy Michael Jordan plays ball. Charles Manson kills people. I talk. Everyone has a talent.